Shut up and sit down. of the Super Movie Studies Podcast, a show about superhero... Holy fuck. <laughs> Michael forgot the outline. Michael forgot the outline. A show about comic book movies approached from every angle and a community of nerds discussing how fiction relates to non-fiction. I'm your comic book cultured host, Michael Maurer, joined by the scientific scholar... Ben Anderson. And special guest movie maestro... Nick Harvey. Yay! Yay! SMSP is your <laughs> premier movie discussion podcast. Every week, we continue our journey exploring our favorite subject, superhero movies. Every fan sees the movies differently, so we gather some amateur experts to discuss certain aspects of the movie. Whether it's money, comic books, music, or science, SMSP talks about it all in this week's episode. You're in the emergency room in the Philadelphia City Hospital. some questions where are you sitting on the train against the window in the passenger car yes you're certain you were in the passenger car yeah where are the other passengers Your train derailed, took a curve too fast. A second train collided with yours after it derailed. The debris spread over one mile. Why are you looking at me like that? There are two reasons why I'm looking at you like this. One, because it seems you aren't the only survivor of this train wreck. And two, you don't have a scratch on you. I know what's going through your mind right now. You're searching for meaning in all of this. No one thing. 131 people died so you could finally understand the destiny for which you were born. Are you ready for the truth? Unbreakable. And yes, there will be spoilers. Special request done. Nick Harvey, guest in the house. Woo! Yes. <laughs> now tell yeah, us. Make it. Tell, tell us. Tell us. Tell us, Nick, why why you have come onto the show and wanted to discuss the film that we weren't even going to do, Unbreakable. <laughs> uh, well, I got onto the show basically because I requested you guys do Unbreakable, <laughs> and you said yes. And then I also knew Ben, and he was. Pretty cool with me coming on, so yeah, I guess here I am. Here you are. So yeah, why why happened. Unbreakable? Let's give us let's start with first opinions. Yes. Let's start with your opinion, Nick. Why Unbreakable tonight? I, I thought it was a pretty good movie. I remember watching it a long time ago and that it had something to do with comics. And so I was like, hey, we should. I want to ask each of you guys a question on the Twitter feed. I had something for Ben and Skyler, and I didn't have anything for Michael, so I came up with this, and here's the movie. <laughs> All right. I was expecting a much deeper connection. <laughs> I don't know. I liked it. it. It was a lot of fun. Um, I think they did really well with the cinematography from different good angles and stuff. And I don't know. I liked it. Is that is that all you want to say? You you brought this film to <laughs> us. 
What 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 bond do you did you watch this in theaters? I did not know. Um, I think I my parents just bought me this movie when I was young, and I watched it. Did you I watch enjoyed this it. while losing your virginity? <laughs> what the fuck kind of question is that? <laughs> I mean, that put a very strange spin on it, but uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> they call me Mr. Glass. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, Marty. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll pass it off. Pa- 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 okay. Pass it to Ben. Uh, yeah, popcorn Ben. All right. Um, so this movie, I liked. Uh, it's a good movie that does a lot of things wrong, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, the whole time I was like waiting for the twist because it's M Night Shyamalan, and we were getting towards the end, and I was like, "Oh, maybe there's not going to be a twist. Maybe that's just what the story is." And then the twist happened, and I was like, "Oh, okay." Like that was kind of <laughs> lame, and the ending was fairly weak. And the one scene where Bruce Willis's son tries to shoot him, I just didn't. I was like, why is the scene here? Why is it happening the way it is? There's a lot of dialogue that just doesn't quite fit. But it was really entertaining to me, and I liked how it looked. I thought it was a good story. It was an interesting premise. And overall, overall a good time. Not with all its flaws, but I enjoy it very much. Popcorn Michael. Okay, this film excels with its... Ex- not extreme, uh, inventive camera angles. As you mentioned before, Nick, those cinematography shots are just so beautifully framed and unique, and at some points it's just really crisp and fun to look at. Uh, There's some good running themes throughout the film, which I'll talk about later. Uh, There's the acting performances I think are strong from everybody involved, um, with the exception of that one kid pointing the gun at Bruce Willis scene. Uh, It just didn't feel all that tense. And then (laughs) the biggest issue I had with this film is that it tried to make itself look like a real story with that weird epilogue (laughs) text at the end. (laughs) Really off That did not fit. Yeah, did not fit. Uh, It was very off-putting to just be like, David Dunn threw him into the mental institutions. Like, I don't care. The movie's over at this point. Why are you giving me, like, the future of these characters when it's done? You just lost all that dramatic effect. As well as you come to realize that, like, the first time I saw this, I kind of thought it was cool. But then I wised up of uh, Elijah's plan was to commit acts of terrorism in order to find someone with superpowers? That's bullshit. <laughs> Who? <laughs> There's no way you could cover the grasp, like, like the, the, the sheer scope of amount of people you will have to kill in order to find the one individual who also is on the opposite spectrum of your ability. And even then, you might push it too far and kill them with a bomb. You look like yeah. you wanted to say something. No, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> leaning into the mic in case I do because um, we have to share a mic. <laughs> It's technical difficulties for days here. Our, our, our usual studio is <laughs> occupied by an, another show, so we just have to work with what we're given. If if if, if any if there's any audio visual engineers listening to the show and you came into the studio right now, you would be horrified. Horrid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let's get on to the money side of this. Uh, this film was produced on a budget of $75 million in the year of 2000. Uh, Nick, can you read off those other numbers? Yes. Uh, the domestic gross was $95 million. 
Foreign gross is 153.1 million for a worldwide gross of 248.1 million dollars. Came out to 30 million for the opening weekend and it halved every week after that. Just dropped 50% week in, week in, week out. It did pretty well for its production budget though. That is true. Um, Definitely M. Night Shyamalan's more successful films. I can't, like, <laughs> can I think that. Lady in the Water had a similar performance. Um, I think Sixth Sense had the strongest box office performance. I would have to see those stats in front of me to know for sure. Uh, but yeah. of course, everything has waned. I know Devil was a giant bomb. In fact, I saw that preview in theaters, and when that Devil's preview was originally released, like, people were kind of excited, excited, and then at the end of it, it said, M. Night Shyamalan. And there was an audible <laughs> groan from the audience. Like, at this point, we're like, oh, damn it. <laughs> this film's going to suck. <laughs> In competing films from that weekend include uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, 102 Dalmatians, and Rugrats in Paris. It beat out the latter two, but the former was stayed above it the whole time. It's a Jim Carrey movie. A James Carey movie? James Carey. What did I say? He said James Carey movie. <laughs> yeah, that's James, James Carey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. A bit of James. <laughs> uh, I, I would say that this is a better movie than any of those. How the Grinch Stole Christmas? Yeah. Not yeah. the original. Oh, well, sure. How, better than <laughs> Rugrats in Paris? Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> I, I have controversial opinions, I know. Reptar, forever. Mm. Reptar. <laughs> let's let's just keep moving, all right? How's about <laughs> some comic book stats on Unbreakable? <gasps> uh, not based on a comic book. A film about <laughs> a comic book superhero, kind of, sort of, in a very metaphysical way? If Superman existed on Earth but didn't know that he was Superman is more so what this comic or this film is going to be sort of aiming for because that whole scene of him weightlifting and psh, turns out I don't I didn't fully understand like how cuz people when like Superman was a baby, right? Um he accidentally learned that he had super strength by like ripping a door off its hinges. How did Bruce Willis never get that way? Um, is it because they just never tested his upper limits? Is that how it has to be pushed to be activated? As wasn't really explained in a nerdy way. Not really the point of the film. The point of the film is if you have, like, a great destiny, will you choose to accept it? Or will you, uh, fake Just your, let it slip. Uh, yeah, you know. If you had yeah. one shot. Oh, God. Mom's <laughs> Mom, Mom's, mom's upsetty. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I mean, if he was a football star, he would have known what his upper limits of weightlifting are. So there's a little plot hole there. Yeah, because yeah, you do you do physical conditioning. You do you do rep maxes, and you'd be yes. like, "Wow, your one rep max is like 600 pounds." <laughs> like let's 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 put you on a you know offensive end. <laughs> That's not a position in football. Really? No. There's a defensive end. Correct. There's not an offensive end. That would be a tackle. Okay. It's an offensive tackle. Well, so what's the tight end? That's the tight end. They can block or go out for passes. They're an outside so, receiver. So confused. Yeah, okay. Football just baffles me. That's why I never watch it. Yeah, there's the there's the outside receiver, the inside wide receiver. Then there's the left tackle, 
the left guard, the center, and then repeat to the other side, depending on how your wide receivers are lined up. Well, okay, so he would have been like, wow, you can lift 600 pounds, let's move you from safety to... Running back? Because you can push through anything, nobody can knock you down? Or linebacker, or literally any position where being big is an advantage. (laughs) Yeah, quarterback's not even the most advantageous place for him. Was he a quarterback, though? I didn't remember. Did it say that? Oh, yeah, it it was in the paper, wasn't it? Yeah, he was a star quarterback. So so the reason he never figured out he was Superman was because his high school coach didn't know what he was doing. (laughs) They went to state. High school coach was a prick. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so some first off, some comic book, uh, like they they do line up with some very comic book heavy themes um, that are similar to sort of story plots of, I don't want to say cliches, but, you know, analogous themes with comic book stories. Uh, that end up repeating themselves. So, like, like the most apparent one is by far the color schemes. David Dunn is seen wearing almost exclusively green in his house, um, in his wardrobe, his security patrol. Uh, all of them say, like, protection, security. Uh, while Elijah is shown with nothing but purple, a uh, common color for villains in the 60s and 70s, like Joker, Lex Luthor, Catwoman, the... Uh, octopus from the spirit. And there's so many. Uh, like purple is the Galactus. color. Yes, purple is the color of villainy. <laughs> Thanos. Oh yeah. See, uh, alliteration is another key. David Dunn. I mean, that's sort of just like a minor Marvel thing. And uh, active comics was what was the first comic book that Elijah received is sort of, of course, a play on action comics and drawn even to that similar style. That book isn't really a replica of any prominent cover of anything. I was hoping it would be sort of like like that's a Slayer is supposed to be Superman and Jaguaro is supposed to be something else. I don't know. Uh, that's just they say some claim it to be Wolverine versus Lobo cover, but I don't I don't see it at all. Uh, they're opposites in every way, uh, except for, of course, their vulnerability to water. Very nice. <laughs> Such as their hair is gone. Their skin is gone. Different. <laughs> Skin's all gone. <laughs> their skin is all gone. <laughs> their abilities are, of course, completely uh, separate, as well as they sort of, they speak in somewhat different languages. Of course, Elijah speaks in, like, an elevated English, common with villainy. The The educated man. And um, David Dunn's outfit is, I suppose, the most similar to DC's The Spectre, with the green hood sort of shadowed over his eyes. And that's about the only thing I can see really relating directly to a book. There is a scene where the Mighty Thor cover can be seen in the background, which I'm just like, okay, if you were able to use that, why didn't you use other real comic book references? I'm not quite sure what they were going for in terms of we want to be fully creative, we want to reference real-life comic books. I couldn't quite tell where they were landing on that spectrum. Again, not technically the point of the film, but um, <laughs> I, I wanted more. <laughs> I wanted, if Elijah was going to make comments about some sort of artistic piece, I wanted him to mention Jack Kirby, really. Uh, most of all the framing shots are supposed to be framed like comic books. A lot of scenes were shot through contrived windows. Uh, Characters were framed in 
glass or like a mirror to just sort of mimic a comic book panel in a much more classy style than Ang Lee's Hulk 2003, which was literally which was how to do it poorly. <laughs> <laughs> Attemptive creatively because no one had really tried that yet, but it was it didn't come off well. I must say. And I do think that a lot of the strong points, like that whole beginning scene where it's just sort of shot as if someone's a little kid is peering to the backside uh, through. Oh, through the through the seats on the through train. The, through the seats on the train, that sort of yeah. goes back and forth. And I'm like, you know, it's it's a good framing shot. I wasn't sure what to think of that style, and then I was like, okay, this this is kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then there was a lot of shots. My favorite is when a character is walking off screen to the bottom of the screen and they zoom out at the same time so it's sort of like the camera walks with them for a little bit but eventually you notice the whole point is to be re like look upon the person that stayed uh there's a scene where the wife walks out that way and i just went "Mm, very nice m night you still had it going back then until you just (laughs) sort of relied on shit endings and then you made the second worst avatar movie (laughs) <laughs> Dang, that's giving it a lot of credit, don't you think? Being being better than James Cameron's Avatar? Yeah, the most profitable film of all time. Ooh, profitable things aren't always yeah. artistically meritous. <laughs> so you're saying that one wasn't artistically done well? Jeez, uh, it has some issues. I think a better okay. Avatar movie is uh, Fern Gully. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone remembers you're not that wrong. movie. Oh, oh, yes. There's two of them. The Last Rainforest or whatever it's called. Of course. Yeah. All right. uh, I'm done with comic book sides. That's about all I can muster for real fun facts. So let's go to music. Sure. (gasps) Nick's Um, in charge. Yeah, I'm going to do my best here. So the composer for Unbreakable was James Newton Howard, who I'm pretty sure has done some other movies we've done on here. Some little things like Batman Begins. The Dark Knight, uh, Green Lantern. I think we did I Am Legend. Not you on the show. You, you say oh, no. we okay. as if this isn't your first time on the show. Yeah, I shouldn't say we. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, well, you can. Just like so the <laughs> listeners know that like, <laughs> we aren't pulling like a Buffy on them where uh, <laughs> the little sister shows up and is supposed to be retconned into the entire series as if Skylar never existed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not taking your place. I'm not an equal. Believe me. If you <laughs> wanted to take Skylar's place, like, we don't... <laughs> we can just stop calling him in. <laughs> Ouch. Happy, uh, Merry Christmas, Skylar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And uh, so most of the music for this movie is a mix of kind of subdued, heroic, flowy music with the mystical and creepy Never Far Off, which is also kind of like the whole movie at the same time, too. Um Shamlan and Howard planned the sound for the movie meticulously. They got together several times, like uh, Shamlan wrote out and showed him the entire storyboard for the movie before he even started thinking about composing for the movie. And they wanted a very similar feel throughout. And they did a lot of the recording for the movie in an old church to get a more mystical, creepy feel. How did they, I mean, that's what you go for, for that Gregorian sort of... The reverb. Ah, there you go. Thank you. I was acoustic yeah. is the word I'm looking for. Mm. Uh, one of the first tracks I think we got on here is called Weightlifting, and it's pretty much the theme for David Dunn, a classic heroic theme. All right, here we go.
As you can kind of hear, it's a da 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 da. I mean, it's an upward moving theme. It's uplifting. It's happy. It's good. That's a very common theme for music themes for heroes. It's well, I I instantly heard Superman. Did anybody else hear Superman? Mm-hmm. All the Maybe same little, yeah. instruments used in like the Superman theme from the seventies. Not Man of Steel. That's kind of a different class. Yeah, That's not a Superman. That's <laughs> Superman. Eh, eh, it's all right. But yeah, so that's kind of like the happy, good hero theme. The second track we have is the arch enemy theme, who is Elijah Price. And this one is, well, you'll, you'll hear what it is, and we'll explain it afterwards. relying on tragedy i think right yeah i i was actually kind of saying that too i mean it might be more just a theme of sadness than the actual theme for elijah price this is what starts off the movie with i'm pretty sure it starts off with him being born and having his legs and arms broken because of his brittle bone mm-hmm. so i mean that's what starts everything all the terrorism going through to david dunn's life it starts everything basically a theme of sadness for his entire life. It's a horrible and that thing to not the know opposite your place of, in this world. It, like it starts high and goes, oh, da, 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 da. So that's, again, the opposite. You say opposite, <laughs> as in it's like a higher octave opposite? David Dunn's theme goes up. It starts low and goes up. Da, 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 da. This one starts uh, go the, go, it's going the other way. Da, 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 da. It goes down for the most part. So, I mean... Man. Those are just general themes for good guys go up, bad guys go down. He's really pushing he... that whole opposites track, isn't he? <laughs> yes. I was hoping he would actually just do a straight, like, inverse of the melody, but he wouldn't. I'm like, Ooh. that would have been really cool, but he didn't. <laughs> but he uh, wouldn't, as if you asked him to. <laughs> I mean, I sent him a letter <laughs> when I was nine years old. Not really. But this next track is kind of the one of the big moments of the piece it's during the car wreck and this is pretty much the most heroic and big the music gets so here we go
That's about as loud as the movie gets. Yeah. <laughs> um, quick question, Ben. Yeah. What composer does that piece remind you of? Ooh, I should know this. I'm going to say the dude that wrote Death and Transfiguration. So, or Sibelius, maybe. Wagner? I believe this, this music sounds a lot like Von Williams. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, if you told me he composed that piece, I would not have questioned you at all. Yeah, it's got a, a lot of those <laughs> nice harmonies and that gorgeous yeah. string sound that I love him for. For, the, for those yeah. laymen's out there, what's Von Williams' key to fame here? Um, he... What's his most known piece, Ben, would you say? Oh, The Lark Ascending, maybe? Yeah. Is that in a movie? Is I'm that, sure it's uh... in some movie, but I mean, he's a very flowing... British composer, very like he'll split an orchestra of twenty pieces of like twenty members into twenty different lines of music, which is very uncommon. Like he'll, if you have twenty members, it's split into five groups. No, he sees twenty individual players playing twenty individual notes. So I mean, that's kind of what it evokes. Whoa! Yikes! Just yeah. lot, lots of stuff going on. <laughs> He's great, though. Yeah, All yeah. Right, so I mean, see. it's a very beautiful flowing. Let's take it to that last track. Yes. Uh, Blindsided kind of gives us a good idea of what the thriller side of the music is supposed to be. So let's hear it out. Well, we got that gong hit in there. <laughs> well, that, that works. That's fine. <laughs> what I mean, yeah, it's um, it was meant to also be besides a comic movie, uh, almost equally a thriller movie, and that's kind of the spooky side of the music. We so, don't yeah. even really see the face of the 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 serial killer like at all. No, no, not really. And that's supposed to mean something. All villains I mean, are just brightly colored individuals. Also, so he only sees, okay, he only sees the past. That's what, when he touches people, he sees previous actions, correct? That's what yes. I'm getting at. Um, so he saw the theft had already happened. And then the second person, oh, what was that one? That was assault. Just straight up hit someone with a bottle and yell, go back to Africa, Adam. Yeah. So people do that. Because uh, all black people are from Africa. None, <laughs> none were born here. Were. <laughs> none were born in America. Um, and uh, then the third person was rape. And I was like, all right, go after that one. That dude raped someone. But it's like after the fact. I thought he was seeing like the future at first. I was like, what are you, why are you still standing there? And then he saw the previous murder and he went, oh, that dude's a problem. <laughs> That's yeah, they didn't explain murder. that very well. That was an, that was an interesting scene though. Go to where people are, David. 
and he just reaches <laughs> out like a Christ figure and just like sort of touches hands to heal. Yeah, very like savior esque, just raising his arms, kind of. I'm glad I'm not the only one that caught that imagery. No. <laughs> he was like in the middle of a giant mass. He was doing Cristo de Redentor in Times Square. They're, well, that was Grand Central Station, if anything. They're in Philadelphia. Sure. A train station yeah. in Philadelphia. Also, this film's first text that shows up at the bottom, um, West Philadelphia. Or I'm sorry. No, that's later. Sorry. It shows up. I don't, it's, I don't remember. But, but when they show him as Mr. Glass as a kid, and it goes, West Philadelphia, 1991. In your head, did anyone else go, born and born raised? raised. <laughs> <laughs> Any more music? Uh, that'll be good for now. I mean, it's kind of seems it's, you can kind of see it's similar music, but as a few distinct parts, which is what they wanted. Okay. Where is the science? It's right here. Oh! It's right here. <laughs> Give me, give me the science. The science. There's one really good science topic for here. Hell yeah, there is. Hell yeah, there is. And that is brittle bones <laughs> disease. Also known as? Osteogenesis imperfecta. Ooh. Which is either Greek or Latin. I can never remember which one's which. <laughs> um, but it's the Latin phrase for um, osteo means bone, genesis means beginning, and imperfecta means imperfecta. Um, so it's, it's imperfect bone formation. Okay. Now, when he was discussing the the four different types. Yep. That's a thing. Yep. Uh, so it's it's a it's a genetic disorder affects um, bone formation and uh, bone development. And one of the most common symptoms of it is your bones break easily. And there's varying stages of it. Um, it can get very severe. You see, you know, pictures of people with very advanced brittle bones disease, and they're just you know, totally, you know, none of their limbs look right because okay. they're all been broken so many times. So he was saying, like, type 4 doesn't work well. Right, yeah. They don't live long is what he was saying. Well, yeah, it's you can you can live a pretty healthy lifestyle with broken bones. You just have to not smoke, eat healthy, exercise regularly. Drink a lot of milk before you're 30? Um, <laughs> yeah, you, well... Because it's a genetic thing, and it, it is oh, deals with like your bone formation. So getting extra calcium, I don't know if that would actually help it all okay. that much. Okay, it's different from osteoporosis in that way. But yeah, it's a genetic <laughs> disorder. It's basically exactly like it is in the movie. Okay, now would he would that give you a big big limp all the time? I guess if your bones yeah. don't form well. Yeah, if if your bones don't didn't form right, and you they get broken all the time, then then yeah, like. That he just has a limp is, like, that's pretty good. <laughs> like, a, a, lot of, a lot of people with brittle bones disease are in, like, wheelchairs. Yeah, is there anyone, you know, noticeably famous with brittle bone disease? Uh, the winner of NPR's Tiny Music Desk, or Tiny Desk Music Concert yeah. Contest. Yeah. The the winner of that last year has brittle bones disease. What did they, hmm. did they sing? They played violin. But... <sighs> what? <laughs> since... Since their arms are like, it's actually like incredible to watch her play because her arms are not formed right, and so she, what <laughs> she does is she holds the violin like, like a cello basically. Oh, because her arms aren't long enough to hold it up like a violin. Violin. Yeah, to extend upward. Yeah, give you that full range of motion. Yeah, and I can't remember her name, but she won the NPR Tiny Desk Music. Mm. contest <laughs> so okay yeah that's, that's probably the most famous person 
you can think of at the moment. That that is in my mind right now because I'm a nerd. There's a, probably a scientist a out there, pretentious hipster. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Some sort of uh, bone scientist. What do it you is, call those people? Uh, osteologist. Oh, nice. That would make sense. I would guess osteo <laughs> meaning bone, ologist meaning studier. Study of. Yeah. What's well, osteology? Yeah. My bad. I'm trying. I'm trying to look up a stat. Oh, it's more common than you'd think, but not enough to worry. Be worrying if you don't already have a family history. It affects about one in every fifteen thousand people. Whoa, that's a lot of people. That's more common than you'd think. Hmm. Yeah, one in fifteen thousand. That's so. You're saying there's at least four people in the city of Mankato, Minnesota, who could be affected by brittle bone disease. Statistically speaking, between between three and five. Yeah. What? No way. Yeah. Okay. So, one one other symptom the the besides um besides broken bones is one other symptom is that the whites of your eyes turn kind of a bluish gray. Ooh, become a model that can't move. What? You have, models are known for having distinctive eyes, right? But like you wouldn't be able to do that runway walk too well because your legs are fucked up. I would not recommend wearing heels if you have real bone disease. <laughs> nope. What's, what's the level of like? What distinguishes L type one, type two, type three, type four? Is it just really the brittleness or the density? Basically, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's all it is, and then one, you're good to go if you don't like run downstairs. Just try not to. Just try not to. Yeah, run downstairs. Um, and then two is. You should probably just sort of hang out at home, but, like, you'll be fine. Three is a little worrying. You should probably hang out at home and you won't be fine. And then four is, like, uh, four careful is a, of the wind. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's, it's, it's it's how it's described in, in the movie, like, almost exactly, which is really weird to <laughs> be able to say that on this show. <laughs> <laughs> is there something that says, like, what the percentages? I mean, are there, is like, type one bones, like, twice as likely to break, maybe? Or, like... Half oh. as dense or something like that, or I don't know. Wow. Okay, so there's uh, seven, eight levels. Oh, there's eight levels. One is just called mild. Uh, two is called um, usually lethal in the prenatal period. I was about two is called uh, honey smoked barbecue. <laughs> three is garlic. Three is considered progressive and deforming. Level four, like Asian zing. <laughs> level four, you're you're deformed, but your spine is mostly okay. And then it goes on from there. What's the most? What's the highest say? Uh, just like severe to lethal. Whoa. Okay. That's level eight. Pretty straightforward. <laughs> yep. Level one, mild. <laughs> two through seven. You know, you're have varying degrees of bones not forming right, and maybe it affects your spine. Okay. Yeah. As soon as it huh. hits your spine, you're done. Right. Like that's bad. Huh. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. If, if you're spine doesn't form right then that's not so good okay all right well that'll wrap up science uh nick it looks like you have some fun facts yeah i have a few um if you guys haven't watched the trailer you should it i believe it turns it makes it look a lot more like a thriller than i think it ended up to be um it looks very kind of spooky and like ooh, what's going to go happen but they don't make it very mysterious in the movie at all as we've already described. Shyamalan and the studio were also at odds at how to promote the movie, which goes back to the trailer. I believe Shyamalan wanted to make it more of a 
comic kind of a theme and also wanted to make sequels. But the um, studio was going off of his recent success with, what, The Sixth Sense? And so they wanted to keep kind of keep the thriller train rolling. For the next and, 12 years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Shyamalan had both Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson in mind from a very early speculative script state where he wrote it out without showing anyone. And then he walked to the studio and they're like, sure. And he approached both of them and they said yes. So from the very beginning, they were scripted into those roles. And a lot of people consider this one of Shyamalan's best films, listed in the top 10 superhero movies of all time by Time Magazine. Yeah, on a list from like 2001. <laughs> well, still. <laughs> and it still had a good six years before it would compete with any good superhero film. And hold on. <laughs> Wait a second. It's in the top 10. It's got to compete with what? Superman 1 through 4, so 1 and 2 have it beat. Batman, uh, just Batman. Batman Returns is a hard maybe. So that's like three films to four that are, are like good superhero movies made at that point. Spider-Man and X-Men hadn't even been out by the time this film was released. Spider-Man maybe, so that's five. Or I'm sorry, X-Men maybe, so that's five. Spider-Man was 2001. There's nothing good in the 90s. Except maybe Blade One, uh, like you're looking at not even ten good superhero movies by 2000. So yeah, Unbreakable <laughs> was in top ten <laughs> until 2008 explosion. What are you googling, you chump? <laughs> Time mag. Oh, you're looking this up. Yeah, that's you need the year in there. Oh, you're gonna get. Oh yeah, because this is like from 2008. They've updated it. Well. Hey, it's on the one they made in two thousand. It's on the one they made in two thousand eight. It's still on there. No, what? Where? <laughs> what number? It's just a uh, top ten list. No rank. Well, it's a bit. Oh, here we go. View all. Iron. Okay, Iron Man. Wa- Iron Man. Watchmen. Batman. Mask of the Phantom. The Rocketeer. Blade Two. Superman Two. Unbreakable. Spider Man Two. The Dark Knight. The Incredibles. Hold on. This is above <laughs> Spider Man Two. I, I don't think it's ordered. Okay, it's just 10, 10 list. Because otherwise this this would read uh, The Dark Knight, Spider-Man 2, The Incredibles, and then I don't give a shit about the rest. <laughs> <laughs> this is... Re- Blade 2 is way too high on that list. It's, it's not ranked. It's not ranked. Blade 2 shouldn't be on it's that list. It's not a ranked list. They're bullet points, <laughs> not numbers. It doesn't matter. Blade 2 shouldn't be on that list. We will, we will tweet a link to this article... <laughs> And let the viewers decide. Okay, that'll be the Twitter challenge of the week, is what is Time Magazine smoking? What, what would you replace Watchmen on this list with? Oh, Watchmen's fine. I think that can stay there. Uh, uh, yeah, whatever. Well, uh, well, you don't believe Unbreakable should be on there. Yeah, I don't. It's going to wrap That's it up fine. today. <laughs> Super fans, Super Movie Studies is recorded, and kind of terribly produced right now in the studios of KMSU Mankato. In the bad studio. Yeah, in the bad studio. Gosh, in the everything's a mess studio. The good studio is occupied, but that's okay. Yeah, we gotta stop recording on Saturday nights. Yeah. <laughs> that's a fact. Yeah, if but if you like what you hear... Uh, uh, not this one. Cludgily uh, recorded on a Saturday <laughs> night. Uh, yeah. But if you like what you hear, uh, please do subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, that's... One way to get our show. You can also get us on really anywhere you get your podcasts. We're you on know. Stitcher. 
We're on Stitcher, Google Cast. Cast. That's about it. I don't think we're on the Spotify. Podbean, not the Spotify. Spotify only wants quality premium shit for. Oh, they won't accept low level people. They only accept the ones we record in Studio Two. No, 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 no. Okay, <laughs> if you like the content, our content is pristine, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah, if, if uh, you like, if you like, if you like what we do, then listen to what we do. Yeah, and it doesn't matter where you do it, but the iTunes is there. You want to be on the show? Do the same thing Nick did. Yeah, reach out on that Get Twitter uh, at yeah. Super M Studies. Super the letter M Studies. Like we said, tonight's uh, trivia challenge involves that Time Magazine top ten. Time Magazine Top 10 Superhero Movies 2008. How how about this? Um, Write a new Top 10. Give me – well, we got to fit this into a tweet, right? Top three. Top three? Top three best superhero movies pre-2000. All right, pre-2000. You don't have much to choose from. That's true. I'm assuming a lot of similar answers. A fair amount of super. I mean, I want to surprise. There's a few Superman movies. There's a few Batman's. Yes. There's Blade. Uh, there's Steel. There's yeah. Howard the Duck. Oh fuck yeah! Yeah, right. That's it. That's number two <laughs> on my list. Uh, <laughs> uh, so make that uh, hashtag time top three. Uh, <laughs> two thousand time top three, something like that. Um, we're gonna find. We're working on new ideas to get our uh, extra content out there, those silly extra show notes, a schedule, because I forget what next week's show is already supposed to be. Is it Whiteout next week? Uh, I think so, but I have no idea. It's Whiteout, which will be fun. Um, I'll have to read that, (laughs) and everybody else will have to watch that, because who knows the fucking film Whiteout. Uh, (laughs) That's going to do it today, though. I'm your host, Michael Maurer. I'm Ben Anderson. Special guest, Nick Harvey. And we hope you all have a super week. Bye. Bye. Michael says bye. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. You're very far away. I, I believe so. See that shit? That's my voice. Yeah, but it's real little. Midnight ride